Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Saving money on exterior wall lights. Now at Menards. Find your style with Patriot Lighting. Exterior lights enhance the look of your home. Choose from over 50 options from Patriot Lighting. Now through May 19th, get $10 instant savings on a single qualifying purchase of $100 or more on in-stock outdoor wall lights. Check out our entire selection of outdoor lights and see the rest of our deals happening now on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Spending some time reconnecting with nature this summer? Here's a camping hack from L.L. Bean to make your next trip the best yet. When putting together your gear, wrap a piece of duct tape around your water bottle. It's barely noticeable, but if another piece of gear breaks or tears, pull off your tape to make a quick patch or repair. For more camping hacks, visit youtube.com slash L.L. Bean. L.L. Bean. Be an outsider. And boom goes the dynamite. It's Monday night, ladies and gentlemen, and you know what that means. Kevin and Ely and I are back with another brand new episode of The Boom from your friends here at Fight Game Media. Kevin, how's your week been? Man, it's good. It's, it feels like it's been like six months since we've talked. It's, Even though it's just been it's two been, weeks. It's been about six months is what it Our feels impromptu like. impromptu hiatus. Yeah. And we we apologize to everybody for impromptu hiatus. It ended up being... Number one, we were in Vegas, and that kind of fell apart in in recording the show right after Double or Nothing. Then we're like, well, we'll just catch up next week. And then the next week, uh, there were many podcasters needing to use this program all at once. And then the next day, I got hit with some huge stuff at work. So here we are three weeks later, finally getting together to talk about all elite wrestling. And Kevin, I don't know about you. Over the last few weeks, I think All Elite Wrestling's been a little bit of a shit show. <laughs> I'm willing to say that. Yeah. Um, and I'm gonna de- I'm gonna detail exactly why throughout this episode. Um, there's been some good matches, but there are always good matches. Mm-hmm. But in amongst them, we've got literally, I think one in every six wrestler on the roster and the AW roster has a title belt. One in yeah. every six. Um, we have had a two and a half to three year build for Wardlow. Mm -hmm. And as soon as Wardlow wins, he defeats MJF. He's on top of the world. Who do they move him into a program with the legal system? That's right. Just the legal system, not even a pro wrestler. He tore up some paperwork. Thus, according to the tweet from AEW, he is legally obligated now due to this is the legal system. You don't Mm -hmm. understand it. I don't understand. Yeah. But this is how it works. He tore up the paperwork from Smart Mark Sterling. So now he has to face um, a class. A- he, he is in a class action match against 20 security guards. Yeah. Anyone he's Single, wronged in the past, I guess. That, anyone. They can sign on. Yeah. That guy yeah, he if threw. If you're part of the class action. Yeah. If you've I been handled by Wardlow. going to make it in there. 
It's going to be wild, <laughs> and they're all in, in that match legally. That would be incredible. It would be phenomenal if he came to the ring with a bag of Doritos and some Mountain Dew. Yep. Oh, my God. But And that's just the least of it. So um, last night was New Japan Dominion. Yep. Um, I watched the premiere match, which was Toru Yano versus um, Big LG. You're and, looking forward uh, to that. I loved it. I loved every second of it. It was exactly what I wanted out of a Yano match. Um, I loved it as much as Dave Meltzer hated it, and I'm proud to say That's that. That's strong, strong. I have, yeah, and I have not caught up. But we've got in. We we need to talk New Japan because we right. have the Forbidden Door coming up. All hell's breaking loose over there as well. We've got people yeah. getting stripped of titles. We've got new champions. God knows what's going on. But I think you have all the latest in what's happening in New Japan. Yeah, so I stayed up a little bit to watch it. I did not I did not tune in. I have a I have a deep and abiding dislike of Luke Gallows, so I did not tune in for that Yano match. But, <laughs> but he hey, he got defeated. You would have gotten what you that's wanted. That's true. There. That's true. Was, Maybe him getting outsmarted by the master thief yeah, is what I needed that's to see. Exactly but I'll right. I'll go back. I'll go back and watch it later. But uh yeah, so the big news that kind of sets the stage for Forbidden Door coming up in a couple of weeks is uh, it's officially now Hiroshi Tanahashi versus John Moxley for the AEW interim title. Now the they completed the what was it the uh uh interim world championship eliminator battle royal, battle royal. slash tournament yeah. slash which, contenders which match. Of course Wardlow, such an important match. Wardlow's like, nah, right. not no. interested. No. Adam Page just gets left out and does not even have the power to no. get himself back, to get himself in that match. Right, because the legal system. Exactly. Anyway, at least we're getting, you know, John Moxley's finally getting the match he's been calling for for years. That's ex- main eventing a show. Exciting. You know, and I'm still sad, you know, so much has happened since we last recorded. You know, CM Punk winning the title. Which which yeah. you didn't even get to see, did you? I didn't get to see. I had to, I literally you had left. to fail. You had to pull the ripcord on I Double was, or Nothing. I, I started. Okay, so D- I, Double or Nothing a, not only almost broke the show, but it almost broke you. It did break me. So I live now eight hours from Vegas, yeah. and I was like, man, I really need to stay home, stay in this hotel room I'm in, yeah. and get ready for my second week of work. Yeah. But then I was like, you know what? I deserve this. I have I have a great ticket sitting next to Kevin freaking Ely. Yep. And I'm like, I'm going to drive to Vegas. And so me and Pump It Up, we hopped in the truck. I don't have anybody in, in my new home. Like, I now live in Albuquerque. I don't know anyone. Right. So there's, there's no, no one to, nobody no one to, to leave take her care with. of Pump It Up, right? Yeah. So grab a couple hotel rooms, decide to make a leisurely trip of it, stay in Flagstaff that night. It's a four-hour drive. Mm-hmm. Next day, do a four-hour drive into Vegas. And the whole thing went well until three hours before the show started. Three hours before Double or Nothing, traffic came to a complete halt on the interstate into Vegas because apparently there was a shootout between the Hells Angels and another biker game called the Vargas or something. And so I did... The Sons of Anarchy episode yes, unfolding it broke in out, real life. Causing me in my truck with no air conditioning... To get and stuck, your dog. stand still, and my dog on the road. That was that was difficult, being stuck in the heat for three hours. Ugh. So we got, I got to the hotel room while, like, Hook is walking out. Yeah. So I missed that one. 
I, of course, went back and watched it later. And uh, but I made it over, and I think like the heat took so much out of me. Yeah. During the main event, like a migraine started coming on, and I'm like, Ugh. you got to be kidding me. So I just Irish goodbye to everybody. Yeah, you totally did. To the hotel I mean, you were room. literally like, like uh, my wife Holly was sitting between us, and I just looked. You were there, and I looked over again, and you were gone. Like a jungle cat, my friend. Like a, that's right. how I operate. Yeah, yeah. Just gone in the dead of night. Yeah, no. I felt, I felt really. I bad. was hoping I could make it back, but I could not make it back. Yeah, and I felt terrible. And then, then of course, on the way home from Vegas the next yeah. morning, I uh, had a beautiful drive. It was a wonderful day mm-hmm. until I uh, broke down in the in on the Hopi Indian Reservation. Oh gosh! And. Uh, had to get my car towed to the tune of $500 to a town. I got a ride to that town. That town had no rental cars at all, no Lyft, no Uber. So I had to rent a 15-foot U-Haul van, <laughs> U-Haul truck, to drive back to work, which was another $500. Oh, then a $300 Lyft ride back oh, to no. pay $900 for the actual repairs on my vehicle. This was an emotionally and financially devastating weekend. But my God, there was some great wrestling. The one match, <laughs> the one match that at I least you didn't was, get COVID. Exactly, like I, everybody I have, else who went to that. I've show. got monster COVID immunity. You have no yeah. idea, monster. So, um, the the Jericho Appreciation Society match, yes, was so great. And the thing is, I knew in the arena, I couldn't appreciate how great it was. Yeah. Because at any given time, I'm trying to locate where people are. Like, I can see right. them We were just on the pointing things out to each other. Right. Yes. And in going back, that match was phenomenal. I absolutely loved that match. The music playing, the, yeah. Yeah. The, um, the uh, House of Black match was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, the music playing was awesome. And I wish I had understood in the arena yeah. that Jericho what, what broke the, the, music. the system. He ended the music because he hates music. Yeah. Um, but I, that was my first AEW show. It was a great show. I really enjoyed it. It was way too long, but they're always way too long. Yeah. Yeah. And we discovered that we discovered that, that, that uh, Tony Khan bought an extra hour of pay-per-view time mm-hmm. so that Owen Hart's widow could talk as long as she wanted. Yeah. And instead of doing that so they can go like 15 minutes over, 20 minutes over, Tony's like, let's book three more matches. Right. Let's just squeeze some more in. Yeah. And they were all good matches. They were all and good. I, and I, I always hate complaining about too many matches. Yes. But five hours of wrestling is too many hours of wrestling. Yeah. Like two hours for a TV show, three hours for a pay-per-view. That's what these old bones can handle. I don't know about you kids sitting yeah. at home listening to us right now. The I like my knees pretty can tired. Take it. Yeah. By the way, tired. Yeah. This was my second time inside the T-Mobile Arena. First time was UFC 200. I was impressed seating. This time in an actual seat. I got to tell you, from a perspective of a really big fat dude, the most comfortable arena seating I've ever experienced. It really was. That really was. It, I like didn't think seats, about that, but I never felt uncomfortable. Yeah. I wasn't like, yeah. didn't feel tight like an airplane seat. My knees right. weren't cramped. It yep. was just really, really comfortable. That is, yeah, that is the a Bud great Light Lounge was lovely. Yes. And, and of course, we got a warning uh, about 20 minutes ahead of time 
that Moxley and Kingston were up there and they were going to be coming down right by us, yeah, right by Carla. And um, and that was that was one of the highlights of the night for sure. It was one of the highlights of the night. Was, my, was having my, the guys yeah. come in feet from us. My wife Holly just happened to uh, stroll up for a beer and kind of take a little break, you know, around the time of uh, Thunder. I think she was just she like, was like hanging with Proud and Powerful. Yeah, she was just like, you know what? I'm just gonna I'm gonna check out for a couple of matches. Go just have a beer. I'll watch on the TV. And she went up mm-hmm. there, and then then I get like a little text of like, there's some guys up here. and i'm like who is it and then i realize who it's got to be and then someone comes running down the stairs saying john moxley's upstairs john moxley's upstairs and we all and you just see the buzz go across the seating of all the people in the aisle yeah ready as it slowly starts coming down the section yeah yeah so i i i just texted her and i was like please try to get on tv like I thought they were like <laughs> film her back there and there's just this shot of like John Moxley getting psyched up to come out and then there's just Holly at the bar having a beer behind him. I would have been so <laughs> I would have been so I happy. really wish she could have somehow inserted herself in between Moxley and Kingston coming yeah. down the aisle just yes. very politely. Yes. Um, Excuse me. Yeah. So this that was your wife's me. first first wrestling show. Yep. I heard she liked Britt Baker. What drew her yes. to Britt Baker? Because uh, well, she was hardcore chanting DMD she right was. next to me. She was. Uh, so, we, you know, like I think we talked before, she didn't want to be pre-briefed. She didn't want to know the stories. Yeah. I, I, I at one point tried to try to explain to Dan Housen to her, and that pretty much shut down all future. That's, yeah. Like, you know, don't even, I don't want to hear about it. She was like, I want to go in cold. So yeah. right before when people would come out, I would say, oh, this is so-and-so. They're so, you know, mm-hmm. and just sort of say, like, you know, they're a good guy. They're a bad guy or, you know, something like that. Yeah. And uh, when Britt came out, I started to explain, OK, well, this is Britt Baker. She's a wrestler and she's also a dentist. And she's was like, oh, haha, let's get her gimmick. And I said, no, no, no. Like, for real, she's a real dentist. She put herself through dental school but wrestling and she loves both. So she does like private practice to like two days a week three days a week and then she she wrestles and i and I actually quoted the uh hey ew episode with rj city that she did <laughs> where i said she wants to be a role model for people who don't want to settle on one dream and Holly that, like, that kind of got yeah to her she was like that's awesome like you're telling me she's actually a practicing dentist. i said yeah she's her own practice and she so then she starts wrestling ruby and then she also loved rancid when Ruby came out right, and the fact awesome. that when Rancid came out and played and all that, she was into that. So she was into that match, but then she realized Britt Baker's the bad guy. Yeah. And she's like, wait, she's the bad guy. And I said, yeah. She's like, well, why are they all chanting DMD? I'm like, well, she, you know, she's still popular and all that. Mm-hmm. And she's like, why would they boo her? And I'm like, well, she, she's a bad guy. She's like, she's a successful businesswoman who made her worked her way. You're telling me that she's successful in two businesses and has built herself up to the top and owns her own business and all this stuff. And they're booing her. And I'm like, yep. And she's I like, no, wish, she's her favorite. I wish I could have experienced her getting in somebody's face, defending Britt Baker, saying she is a small business. She is a small business, business owner. owner. Yeah. Oh, that is my the American God. dream. Yeah. I, won't, so, I would give anything for that. Yeah. So like whatever the next week I'm watching dynamite and, uh, or rampage or something, whatever. And she comes to the room and now she, now it's, now it's interesting. Cause now she used to sort of pass through and sort of roll her eyes mm-hmm. when I was watching. And now she'll actually stop and sit for a second. 
you know, pay attention. Not just, bad. Just, just a little. Not just bad. A little. In, in less but, but when Brit came up, I was like speed scanning because I was watching on a DVR. Yeah. And uh, when we went through the, got to, went through a Brit promo and she saw Brit and she just goes, oh, there's my girl. <laughs> <laughs> so I love that. Did she, did she ping on anybody else? Is there anybody else she liked? She, um, she really, she really was into CM Punk. She liked the character of him and then okay. he is gray in his beard like me. And so she said she liked that, but, uh, <laughs> she liked the, she liked the, the story of an old guy still trying to hang. Right. Um, and then, and, um, and doing it and doing the yeah, thing. Right. She thought the bucks were pretty good. Um, trying to think of who else she might I've have got to tell you on. yeah and i've seen the young bucks wrestle before i've seen yeah. them wrestle live I, yeah a couple of times i've only seen but them on a house show yeah for some reason watching them in that arena and watching brandon cutler doing his thing yeah and i'm not i'm not trying to be negative with this it it reminded me so much of high school and college theater for some reason mm. and like and I don't I'm wondering if it was just this match. And Brandon Cutler's always a little like that. Yeah, yeah. But but seeing live the way they and the Hardys would kind of pause mm-hmm. and then just do their do their poses mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and all that, it felt high school theatery to me and they never have before. I've um, I've always kind of felt that way about the Bucks. I've seen them It might just be that it finally hit me. You know, that yeah. it finally kind of hit me. Um by the way, they got the best match you could possibly get out of the Hardys. Yeah. I think I think with them, when they have someone who really pushes them, like a Phoenix, Pentagon Phoenix, or someone who can yeah. they can really go with, they do that yeah. less. But when they're when they're when they're doing it against a more conventional opponent or a slower opponent, that's when they get their more showboaty stuff. Because when I right. saw them before, it was like on ROH house shows with like three hundred people. Yeah. And I was in the front row and you just see them like all, all the talking they do, you yeah. know, and stuff. And it's like a little, like you said, like, it's like a little play, you yeah. know, and it's it yeah. felt like very comedic, you know, but then you see them which, in that Pentagon Phoenix match in LA and, or in a, that a, was, a, yeah. that was last week, right? Not yeah. That was week. the rampage last week. Yeah. Which was that great. Was a, yeah. It was great. But it was a match that I was like, why, why is this happening now? Like, I'm glad it happened. Right. But it's such a, it's such a major trilogy having that third match. Yeah. It just kind of was out of nowhere. Right. On what I, I think was a pre-taped show. Correct. Uh, no, that one was live. Or were they live? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's kind of the theme of the last couple of weeks is everything's just kind of thrown out there and thrown around. And I wonder, I wonder, cause I, I came in criticizing them heavily Right. Talking about like they're doing a lot of bullshit right now. <laughs> yeah, um, they are. They truly yeah, are. Like a lot of bullshit. Yeah. And uh, God, God love Tony Khan. I dearly love him. Yeah. But he's he's full of shit right now. Yeah. But that said, they have a champion who has gone down with injury. Yep. Now I believe, um, is it Jay Lethal is also, not Jay Lethal. Um, Scorpio. Is Scorpio Sky also injured? He's hurt, but I don't know how bad. Right, hurt, but maybe not out with an yeah. injury. Yeah. So you've got two champions now. Yep. Out with injuries. That's all right. They got you've, more where that you've came got, from. <laughs> yeah, you've got world tag champions that nobody's really caring about right now. Like right. FTR is a way bigger deal. Yep. Absolutely. And, I, and 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 we saw that here on Friday. 
Mm-hmm. FTR is a bigger deal. FTR all of a sudden now they're in tight with CM Punk. We've got a brand new faction featuring them. Yep. And they're hotter right now. Mm-hmm. And and the thing is, the teams they're feuding with are really fun. But I don't know if it would be any more exciting for for either of those teams to have the belts right now either. Um, I don't know. It seems like they are focused on the wrestlers they shouldn't be focused on at the moment. Mm-hmm. But also, also we've got the new, brand new belt, the All Atlantic Title, yes. um, which has I like the idea. I like the idea of a tournament featuring people from all these different countries, mm-hmm. including Atlantic Powerhouse Japan, right? Um, traditional Atlantic Powerhouse, yes. Japan. Um, but Kevin, as we've talked about extensively this week, mm-hmm. we have a we have a we have what would um, I think the technical term would be a fuck ton of belts in AEW. There's too <laughs> many belts. Yeah, I have literally belts. made a top twenty one. Of people in AEW that have titles. Yeah. I'm going to zoom through this because you've heard it already. Right. Yeah. It's imperfect. I probably should have edited it again. At the bottom, we have number 21, the AEW All-Atlantic Champion, because they have not been crowned yet. Mm-hmm. And number 20, the AEW Interim World Champion, because they've not been crowned mm-hmm. yet. But I kind of hope it's Tana- Tanahashi. Then number 19, AEW Tag Team Champion Luchasaurus, who has been wrestling much better than he used to, but still comes in at 19. Mm-hmm. Number 18, BTE champion Christopher Daniels. <laughs> I ranked actually over, ended up over, in, Yes, yes. Ranked over wrestling champion Luchasaurus. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like, maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away. Specifically, the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. I just went to my happy place. I just went to Maui, and it was truly amazing. Priceline has always been about getting you to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else, like up to 60% off select hotels in Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Absolutely. The man has semi-magical powers. We've been seeing on BT for a while. And listen, everybody, I know that's a BTE thing. I came up with like 18 champions and I had to fill in my top 20. Yeah. And then I remembered one extra, so we're at 21. Um, AEW TNT co-champion Dan Lambert, ROH world champion Jonathan Gresham, ROH women's champion Mercedes Martinez, AAA mixed tag champion Ty Conti, AW tag champion Jungle Boy, Number 12, AWTNT champion Scorpio Sky. Number 11, FTW champion Ricky Starks. Number 10, AAA tag champion Cash Wheeler. Number 9, ROH pure champion Wheeler Yuta. There seems like, and then I got stuck thinking about Wheeler Yuta, Cash Wheeler. There's something <laughs> that they can do with that at some point. Number 8, AAA mixed tag champion Sammy Guevara. Number 7, Owen Hart women's champion Britt Baker. Number six, AW Women's Champion Thunder Rosa. Number five, Owen Hart Men's Champion Adam Cole. Number four, AAA Tag Champion Dax Harwood. 
Number three, AEW Dynamite Diamond Ring Champion MJF, who might not even be with the company anymore. Number two, AEW TBS Champion Jade Cargill. And number one, AEW Champion CM Punk. That is 21, I want to say mother effers, but 21 yeah. people in this company that have belts. Yeah. Right now, 19, and they're about to make two new ones. And you didn't AEW even mention the... Uh... Yeah, and you didn't even mention the uh, uh, BMF title that Sammy's carrying around. That's right. I told Sammy did make the list. He did so, make the but, list. Yeah, there are some. We've got there are twenty-one some, titles. Yeah, around. and FTR and, and listen, carrying two belts. Somebody's coming in with with IWGP belts. Oh yeah, somebody's coming in with New Japan belts. There's mm-hmm. gonna be more champions. Will Osprey was wearing his Rev Pro UK Championship yeah. on Rampage. Like it's it's out of hand. So. We have 21 people with belts. I believe we have around 90 employed wrestlers. Maybe 100. 100 max. Men and women, yeah, probably. Men and women. So 20% of the roster has titles. One in five. Earlier I was saying one in seven. I was just pulling out of my butt. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's less. This is too many. It's getting to be like boxing where there's a title every three pounds. Yeah. And that's ridiculous. They literally could do a, if they could literally fill their weekly programming. Yeah. Of Dynamite and Rampage and do a title match in every quarter. Every match. And still have titles left over. Listen, Dynamite is, or Rampage is generally three or four matches. Mm Mm-hmm. You could, yeah, you could literally, you could do eight matches on on a on on, on Dynamite, four on Rampage. Mm-hmm. You've got plenty. You got plenty of belts to spare. You can still yeah. put some on on uh, Elevation for real. Yeah, that's that's too many. And I and the thing is, I I I know how Tony Khan would defend this. Well, the AAA belts don't really matter. Well, they carry them, right? And the uh, the Owen Hart belts—they're not real belts. Yeah, well, they're, they're more... carrying them, and their storyline, right. right. um, like a couple with with. By the way, I realized on um, Double or Nothing, like Britt and and Adam were wearing pink. They were dressed uh-huh. for the win. Right. They literally dressed for the win. I should have seen it coming. Yeah, but and and the F, the FTW belt gets defended fairly often, pretty often. Yeah, actually, yeah, yeah. And we until two weeks ago, we had Dan Lambert wearing the second mm-hmm. TNT title. Mm-hmm. It's just too many belts. It's, mm-hmm. You have to be looking at this through the eyes of a fairly new viewer. And a fairly new bu- viewer is going to tune in, see a million belts, um, yeah. see a man in, in, in wrestling the legal system, and they're yeah. going to tune out. Like, this is the, these are the reasons yeah. I hate WWE or I hated WWE. Yeah. It's stuff like this. Too many belts, not not necessarily too many belts thing. That's not been a problem with them, really. Mm-hmm. But this other stuff with uh, going on with Wardlow and all, I'm not about it. Yeah. No, not at all. They, Not to beat it to death. Hopefully they will get over it. I don't, I don't so, know. What the, I, the All-Atlantic thing is like, is there anybody who didn't just groan? Like, is there, yeah. you know, like I, and, I haven't seen a single person be like, unabashedly hey i think this is a really exciting idea and i'm glad they did it i wonder if it is not tony khan creating a title to lose to new japan yeah i thought that too maybe yeah you know and that's 
that's a bad look. It really is because right. it's clear what you're doing. Yeah. Um, lose a real title to them and then get it back at some point. Right. AEW has been taking titles from everybody, particularly AAA and Impact. Mm-hmm. They can lose one. Yeah. And 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 AEW fans are not going to be upset that Okada or Tanahashi or somebody has an AEW belt. Nobody's going to be upset about that. That's um, one of the things that that between this. So there's a couple of things. I mean, we I know we've gone. We've taken a winding road through this, but we're yeah. kind of getting back to Forbidden Door and Dominion that, uh, you know, what the last few weeks when dealing with this show is I'm realizing like Tony probably has not had to really share with people. Maybe when he was a kid, didn't have to share yeah. his toys. You know what I mean? I have a, like, I have a strong feeling. Yeah, I he it seems like he's all about the partnership when it's like, hey, it makes us look good to be partnering yeah. with you, uh, you know, um, and it'll, it'll, it's, it's really great when we get to send someone down and maybe be your champion, but you know, the, the news, the G one get re- got released. They added 28 yeah. people. It's 28 for the biggest field I've ever had. And yeah. the only AEW talent going is Lance Archer, which who is has insane. Been there four times. Yeah. We know Brian Danielson wanted to be in this. He said yeah. many times he wanted to be in this. Yeah. I think we all assumed Wheeler Yuta would probably be in this or, or, or Daniel Garcia. Or Kingston um, or Moxley. Yeah. Now, we but, all know, no. like, yeah. But, you know, Moxley apparently, you know, it's going to need to be the AW champion apparently for a while. So yeah. I could see them not sending him just to crown a champion just to send yeah. someone to the G1. But. Yeah. So there was like, you know, some, I, you know, I asked if, um, you know, was this something that, did we just all have a pipe dream of thinking these guys were going to get in or was it something that's changed of plans because of the punk thing threw everything into a mess? And, uh, Chris Samsa, who's probably the most plugged in guy that we know, uh, with New Japan said, no, this, this lineup was set like two weeks ago before they knew about punk. So, oh, wow. So it was like, apparently it was just like, yeah, there, there just wasn't going to be top people going into the G1. And that's, that's just a real shame. And also the that's way the Dominion shows coming together, it's like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really, not excited uh, about forbidden door right now at all. At the I'm moment not. I'm not. And I, I, and I should I might be. be by the time we get there and I want to be, cause yeah. we're gonna have to talk about it, but, but yeah. You know, I was pretty pumped for, I mean, you know, punk, that's fine. It's an injury. There's nothing you can do yeah. about it. They're doing the best they can. And but. I, and I, I want to say real quick. Yeah. I do like the idea of them doing an interim champion. I do not hate that. idea. I don't mind it either. Yeah. Too many belts, but that is yes. legit. That's what they do in boxing. That's what mm-hmm. they do in the UFC. I like the idea of them doing it in pro wrestling. Yeah, I agree. I, I like the idea, especially, especially just with the situation of him winning the title and meaning it hurt and never even defending it, you know, yeah. that, that the story's there. I assume this means he's only going to be out for a few months. So that'll and be good. Listen, if you're, if you're stuck at home, injured, like CM Punk, you have COVID like every single person that went to double or nothing other than me and my monster immune system. <laughs> well, then you should check out fight game media's Patreon, patreon.com slash fight game media. Only $5 a month for extra shows from everybody. All the podcasters at Fight Game Media, me and Kevin, The Dynamite Show, everybody, plus extended extended editions of Brace for Impact and so many other shows. Again, only $5. 
If you're laid up on the couch like CM Punk right now, you know what he's doing? He's listening to the Yoshi show. That's what he's doing. I don't know that, but I've got a pretty strong feeling about it. And you could be too, ladies and gentlemen, for just $5. Expertly, expert transition. Thank you. That was amazing. I didn't even know you were going into it. That was awesome. I I appreciate that. I was proud of that one. (laughs) So let's go over our heat index. And this is a weird one because we've kind of been on the shelf for two weeks. Right. And I like every week we've had you do the heat index and I've chimed in. Okay. And I like that. I, I say we keep that going. Okay. Um, yeah. Let's let's start uh, wherever you want to start on it. I actually kind of adjusted it as we were talking. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, okay. I, uh, so I got an honorary number six this week, which Ooh, is kind of okay. trying to make a point with that. Yeah. Will Ospreay has debuted yeah. in AEW. Right. And he is not in my top five of the hottest thing going in AEW right now. And that, no, listen. Will Ospreay is a big freaking deal. Yeah. And he should have been a big deal should be a coming in deal. against a top guy. And he comes in in a tag match with a bunch of people I don't know. Yeah. And listen, if I don't know him, 99% of wrestling fans don't know these guys. Right. Unless you've been watching New Japan every week, which most people don't watch every week. Yeah. They don't know these guys. And he was kind of lost in in the group, but I was excited he was there, and I'm so excited he's there. By the way, there was at one point when he was like posing and grinning in the ring, I Mm -hmm. thought, this is like, uh, he looks like Jake Hager's more talented younger brother at the moment. (laughs) Um, Yeah. But he should be at the top of this list, shouldn't he? And he's not. He's not. Yeah. And I feel like, yeah. And I feel like it's the debut was done wrong. Uh-huh. And I feel like they've been doing a lot of this. For instance, Paige Van Zant yep. should have been a much bigger deal. Mm-hmm. Paige Van Zant comes out. She's not really featured. I don't even th- I don't know if she walked out on her own or not. And then after the match at Double or Nothing, when they have the men of the year come on camera, there's mm-hmm. no Paige. Right. Paige should have been the star. Right. Paige has been on Dancing with the Stars. She has a huge following. Mm-hmm. They haven't treated her like a star. They've treated her like somebody who's taking a, a like a long weekend vacation into wrestling. And maybe that's right. what she's doing. But unless you treat them like stars, they're not going to get over like stars. And I feel like that's kind of what was going on with Osprey this week. And he still yeah. got over, but not to the level I think. Not to the level he should. That should have been. That should have been an Adam Cole, Brian Danielson, John Moxley. Yes. Uh, you know, like a highlight package Will, debut Will, that you show years from now. If Will Ospreay came in and had a match against Brian Danielson, mm-hmm. they, he'd, they'd be number one on this list right. without a doubt because it would be one of the best matches we've ever seen. Even the, the match, just even when he first came out yeah. to just it, walk out. Like, okay, so yeah. like. Uh, several months back when uh, New Japan did that show out in front of the L.A. Uh, Olympic uh, arena yeah, uh, in the summer, or I don't remember when it was exactly, but, uh, right. you know, Osprey had been kind of hidden away for a while. Uh, he was sort of the, you know, the IWGP champion in waiting. Yep. Uh, they had moved on, and he just, he walked into the ring as a surprise dressed to the nines right like he was yeah. you know all black 
you know, like the collar, he's a superstar. the jacket, the gold chain, the sunglasses mm-hmm. with the IWGP belt over his shoulder. And he looked like the biggest star in the world, like Pete yeah. Conor McGregor, you know, like May- Money Mayweather, like yeah. that type of star. And and when he came it, out on Dynamite, he was just in like a black T-shirt and sneakers. Yeah. And, and it's, it's like little things like that. You know, or dim the, you know, don't, don't do the blackout Malachi black thing, this? but like, you know, dim the lights and put a spotlight on the guy, you know, How about this Yeah. in the build up to the Thunder Rosa match at double or nothing. Um, Serena Deeb looked awesome in every promo. Yeah. She came out dressed like an amazing heel, like a yeah. stylish heel. And then for her match, I just made the assumption They've done such a character overhaul with her, mm-hmm. um, with her wardrobe. Surely she's got new gear. Yeah. Nope. No. Nope. Baby blue, one yep. size too big, weird little holes and bows on the legs. Mm-hmm. Like the least heelish, least badass looking outfit mm-hmm. I've ever seen. Literally the color of Louisiana Tech Lady Texter's basketball team, <laughs> which is not intimidating. Although yep. at one point they were, but no longer. Um. Yeah. The similar like, thing with Tanahashi when Tanahashi came out to challenge yeah. Punk. Uh, for that one day, we thought that match was going to happen. Yeah. You know, he just came out in his normal clothes, and it was like, dude, like bring your gear. Like Tanahashi is some of the gear. best entrance gear in the business. You know, yeah. like come out with that thing. And this is his American debut on yeah, on, on, on national, national television. television. Yeah. Right. And. Wear that outfit with the with the robe cut out for the belt. Yeah, that's you know his his ring gear has a hole in it for the belt because he's so used to being a champion. You know, and have him walk down to the ring, point to that belt, and gesture to the empty spot on his belly where that belt is gonna be. Yeah, you know, I think I was about to say I wonder if AEW has somebody Mm. that is kind of quality control for aesthetics when they come yeah. out. And I know now, I realize they do, and it's Tony Khan. Yeah. And Tony Khan is not who you want determining how people are dressed. No, what have you looks seen that badass. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'll say this, his Jaguars jacket's finally gotten over with me. It took a little while, but I'm here for yeah. it. But, yeah. yeah, that's another role that exists in other companies, mm-hmm. but I don't think exists in AEW. Yeah, and that's a shame. That is a shame. Um, uh, what do you think of the moving on? We've got mm-hmm. Miro back. That's exciting. Mm-hmm. He, uh, I don't know what the injury was, and I wish I did. His arms seem way smaller, but I'm just glad he's back. Mm-hmm. Um, it was exciting to see Dave Finley, um, mm-hmm. and and it was very odd because there was all the discussion over him being a fourth generation wrestler. And then, of course, Jr. said he was third, and and yeah, and you know, uh, Excalibur corrected him. And then at some point, the weirdest comment from Jr. that I know Jr. didn't mean, which was near the end of the match, he's like a surprisingly good match or surprisingly yeah. good performance from David right. Finley. Right. Why wouldn't he have a great match? Right. Fourth generation superstar. Fourth generation superstar. Son of a man that you love, Fit Finley. Son of one of the greatest wrestlers alive on the planet today. Yeah. 
That's a surprisingly good match. That's a random. I, I actually forgot about him. Yeah, he's he's way off down on the heat index. <laughs> yeah, way. Oh yeah, we're on the heat index. I totally forgot we were on the heat index. That's all right. Will Osprey <laughs> number six. Yeah, Who's we even got five. Chris Statlander. I am uh, the the people are loving her. Yeah, and I've been loving her for a while, and I've been frustrated that yeah, I felt the I felt the people in that arena who decided to boo Ruby Soho when Chris lost to her because mm-hmm. Chris is hotter right now mm-hmm. and should have won that match, even though mm-hmm. I love Ruby Soho. And I think and, the same thing's going to happen to Athena. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right, but Chris. And I'm worried, as hot as Chris is right now, she is absolutely not going to beat Jade. And if she gets a title around her waist, it's going to be six months to a year. By the way, when she ran into the ring, and I know I'm going to get heat for this, when she ran into the ring at double or nothing mm-hmm. for the save near the end, after, yeah. mm-hmm. after the, the Anna Jay match, which God knows why Anna Jay had that match. Yeah, that was bad. She, she reminded me of Hulk Hogan. She legit reminded me of female Hulk Hogan Mm -hmm. because she's this big, muscular, heroic character that everyone loves. Yeah. And she's the only person in the entire company, the only female Mm -hmm. with the physique to stand up to Jade Cargill. Absolutely. And it felt like Hogan standing up to Big John Studd or some giant. Right. And it was awesome. Yeah. And then... We're we're not getting much from it, but I'm loving her right now, and yeah. I'm glad the rest of the fandom is as well. I I thought her match with Red Velvet was pretty good. I really enjoyed it, actually. It was because it was I liked really the dynamic yeah. of it, and I liked Red Velvet. I thought Red Velvet did really well. I liked her little Red stick move off improving, improving yeah. a lot, and she's I working a lot better as a heel. She is, and I wonder if maybe this this is going to sound stupid, but I wonder if since she's been paired up with Jade, if she's not maybe training along with Jade as well. Uh, because yeah. we know Jade is getting some crazy yeah. high-level training right now. And I wonder yeah. if these other women are jumping in on it. I bet she um, is. Because they seem to be improving fast as well. Right. Also, side note, uh, we discovered uh, sometime in the last two weeks that not only do uh, Jade Cargill and Red Velvet share a birthday, but they also were born in the same year. So they're literally born on the same day in the same year. So they're like, like kind of like twins, like cosmic twins. That's weird. That's so yeah. strange. Next, were we're going to find partners. out it was the same hospital. Right. <laughs> oh, my God. They should okay. start building themselves as sisters from a different mister. They... <laughs> That's going to be a future tag team name for yeah. sure. Okay, number four. Number four, I got Hangman Page. I thought, you know, I've always said Hangman is never more over than when he's in the ring. And yeah. uh, and the match with with Finley was as as Jar said surprisingly good, <laughs> uh, but you know it's just Hangman kicking ass and people love Hangman when he kicked ass. He even you know, brought back the gimmick of drinking a beer from a fan in this yeah, match that which, he hasn't done since twenty twenty. Yeah, you know I, I I wonder if a lot like the the anxious millennial cowboy thing is mm-hmm. real, and everybody loves Adam Page. I love Adam Page. But I feel like I love him more when he's kind of the underdog and you're rooting for him to achieve something. Mm-hmm. And as champion, he didn't really have that thing to achieve. He'd already achieved it. Right. And um, I think we're, I think I think anybody with a brain knows he's probably going to have a couple more title runs in the future. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. It's going to be interesting to see, like, he never completely got over his champion, even though he did nothing but have great matches. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping, I'm hoping this is a, he's on his way road back to the title at some point. Yeah. And I'm, I really, really, really wanted him to have an IWGP title match against Okada. At five, yeah. Because that was, like you said, him, he's got to have something that's bigger than him to go after. Yeah. And, and that's and, the thing. And him having an incredible match, even if he ate the pin, Rainmaker one, two, three goes down like that would wouldn't, still be, you know, I mean, a Jake finish White where he's going for the buckshot lariat. Yeah. Comes, you know, flips over the ropes, jumps in, Okada ducks, grabs his wrist, spins him around, hits him with the Rainmaker, eats him with, you know, oh my pin. God. that would, after like 25 minutes, would have been incredible. And it would have made, you know, it would have been a knock you know, on his cap. And and it totally would have been the IWGP champion going over. So I don't know why I just said some. It. I just said some bullshit, Kevin. I just <laughs> I said, say. you know, Jay White match with him would be good, but it's It'll not Okada. Good. It's no, not Okada. No. That's the match. Yeah. Oh, I want that match so and bad. And a lot of it they has teased to, it. Yeah. A lot of that though has to do with Jay just not being all that special. I mean, look, Jay's great. I'm actually a bigger fan great. than, than yeah. a lot of people. But he's just been he's hanging around on. but like the guy who's been hanging around Impact, and even if he's been great on Impact, he's still the guy who's been hanging around on Impact. Like that's not your dream match. Listen. And God bless Impact. Wanna... We all we 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 love and support Impact. God love them. But <laughs> Impact has the longest history in pro wrestling of taking phenomenal talent, the greatest talent in the world, and turning them into average, everyday human beings. Sting, Ric Flair, Hogan, so many people over the years, and apparently Jay White as well. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. All right. Number three. These are the ones I just added because you brought it up. Uh, I think FTR is still just hot as hell. FTR is the hottest tag team in this company. Yeah. But far and away, and they're not even sniffing the tag title picture. No, um, but the, the, one of the things that got set up on Dominion, spoiler since you haven't watched it yet, is uh, mm-hmm. um, Jeff Cobb and the great Ocon won the IWGP tag titles, and they're already in an angle okay. with That's FTR right. and Rapongi Vice for some reason. But... Uh, so there's a chance that FTR could be going for the IWGP tag title and it would be incredible if they won and were, yeah, had six belts between them. And the only thing they were missing was the AW tag belts. That would be phenomenal. I, I mean, you're basically making them belt collectors like Kenny Omega was, yeah. which by the way, I watched some of dominion. I watched the pre- world's premier athlete Toro Yano dominate, <laughs> Move over, Tony dominate Luke Gallows physically, physical physically. domination. Pure physical domination. Also, he had a, a can of disinfectant spray of some sort. <laughs> we were trying to dis- yeah. disinfect yeah. Luke Gallows, which, let's be honest, that's needed. Yeah. Um, no, FTR <laughs> definitely, I did not realize the tag titles changed hands on Dominion. Yeah. Uh, that's really exciting. And number two is going to be an interesting one. Yeah. I'm. I I put next to his name the elephant in the room because it's kind yeah. of weird to put him number two considering he's not there. He's not even yeah. He's but, not but, even in AEW. But there has been but, so much MGF drama since the last time we did a show. Like this is the best the world conspiracy. Down. It is. Yeah, this is the best conspiracy since Cody Rhodes, and they're very yeah. close. The two men are very close. Yeah. So 
we're in Vegas. He no yep. shows the meet and greets. Right. And then so all I go of a sudden, to a, yeah. So yeah. I, Holly and I get into town. The first thing we do after checking in the hotel is we go to this uh, scheduled uh, dinner at Texas de Brazil where like Dave Meltzer and Andrew Zarian and John Muse and Garrett Gonzalez and, you know, all these people, Ed Laredo's there and all these people that you've like heard of online, all this stuff, yeah. right? Like people who are in the know are, are coming, right? Yeah. And so we're getting there and I'm like, wow, this is cool. You know, finally get to meet Dave, met Brian, got to meet Jeremy, you know, Steve Geimer, a bunch of people from the group from the yeah. Facebook group. But, and I'm like, I was so excited know, by the way, Jeremy Feinstein yeah. was sitting two seats over from me. It was great to finally meet him. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and double or nothing. We got to chat quite a bit. Yeah. He might've been the one that gave me COVID, but I don't know. I, well, I think we got, <laughs> we got it. I think we got it together, but, uh, um, yeah. So we are sitting there at dinner and it's like, cool. And I'm like, you know, telling Holly, this person's that person. And this guy's the mm-hmm. guy who's founded all this. I've read more words by this guy than just about anybody else, you know? Yeah. And then suddenly they're just like all buzzing and I'm like, what is going on? And then I start hearing, Oh, you know, FJ, MJF no showed a, a thing. And then this news comes of there's a plane ticket, it's you know, ticket. there's a plane ticket and he's going to flying out and what's happening. And you just see everyone going to Dave. Is this real? And Dave's like, I mean, I don't know. You're going to find out. And, you just, they're all picking up the phones and calling, you know, and it's like, and I was like, this is like a, I felt like you it was saw. like going to like football fantasy camp, you know, when yeah. it's like, or something when you get to like pretend to be at the NFL combine or something, yeah. you know, I was like, wow, not only do we like here to like go to wrestling show and meet all these people or what, but I was like, we're actually getting to watch them work the potentially biggest news story of the year. <laughs> you watch the news break. It right. broke right before your very right. eyes. Yeah. Which uh, poor That's Garrett. Exciting. I went to talk to oh Garrett, which was great because it's the first time I got to see him in person and say hello and you know thank him for letting us do this podcast and everything and and uh, he, he was just kind of worn out. I bet he was. <laughs> he had been you know on the on the hook for like whenever it's like hey we got to do an interview hey we got to go record you know it's like oh, okay we got to go from here to there whatever and he just had this look in his eye of like I'm done with today man. <laughs> I've done a lot of um. And I'm, there's something I dearly miss is doing the F4W conventions. I did about five in a row back in the day, and they were always during international UFC International Fight Week. And at the time, I was covering the UFC for ESPN 97.7 in Louisiana. And it was always so difficult to, like, go from working UFC for, like, six or seven hours and then, like, go meet everybody at a restaurant and then go to a sweet party. And I was just brain dead. And to see those guys who have, who are doing so much more than I was at those events, still going strong after meet and greets, after dinners, after sweet parties, like they are better men than, than I, they are superior male human beings than me. Cause like, I don't have the energy that Dave Meltzer does. I also don't have the pecs that Dave Meltzer does and I never will. So no. Yeah. I think both of those things are true. He's very physically impressive in person. Right. Also like the first couple of times I met Dave, I was telling somebody like, all I want to do is go up to him and talk about mid South wrestling. That's all I want to do. But he has to do that all the time. So I don't, I'm not asking I, her like trust. They put their hand on my, 
they put their hand on my arm and said, James, there is nothing Dave Meltzer wants more to do in the world right now than talk about Mid-South Wrestling. You absolutely need to go talk to him about Mid-South. I, I did get to talk to him about Mid-South. Did you really? Well, very briefly. So at brunch okay. the next morning, I have the T-shirt that I wear to most wrestling shows is an old Dr. X shirt. Okay. That uh, was just a white T-shirt with like a Dr. X mask. And it just says doctor and it has the face with the X on it. And Deb- right. I got it because Deborah Harry used to wear it when she did Blondie shows. It was kind of a punk rock thing. This is the first but, time I've ever heard Debbie Harry referred to as Deborah Harry. Just yeah. <laughs> Debbie Harry. The yeah. first time in De- my life. Deborah. Some know her as Debbie. Yeah, um, some some of us know but, her uh, as Deborah. So I mean, you know, the uh my first uh wrestling memory awesome is, being a, is being a little kid and seeing uh this is in like the nineteen seventies, seeing Dr. X bloody mass covered in blood, and he says, um into the microphone I, if i take my mask off you hit me so hard that if you if I ever take my mask off my brains would fall out of my head and i'm like <laughs> seven years old you know you're like oh my this god bloody guy in a mask why is he wearing the mask why is the mask bloody all this stuff his brains really gonna fall out and that was like that was you know when i was on david lavelle's show that was when i got hooked you know yeah and so that i'm telling this was story was keeping the man alive right so right exactly so i'm wearing this shirt and i'm telling Dave about the shirt and this is why I wear it. Mm-hmm. And he goes, and it was hilarious. Cause, and I'm telling the story. I was like, this is Dr. And he goes, Oh, that's the wrong Dr. X. And I go, what? And he goes, the Dr. X in your shirt is not the Dr. X you saw on TV. That's the mid South Dr. X. And he told me his real name. And this is the Dr. X shirt you have is the destroyer, uh, Dick Byer. And that's a complete, that's a different Dr. X. And it's I was the greatest like, Dave moment I've ever heard. <laughs> he I was like, I just you. got corrected. And it was funny yeah. was I knew that, but I was like, well, I know, but I just like it because Debbie Harry used to wear it and, you know, and it's, it's just kind of a myth, you know, whatever thing. And he just kind of looked at me like I was like totally backtracking and acting like I knew what he told me, <laughs> whatever. And he's like, oh yeah, Deborah Harry used to do win that. And I was like, okay, whew, I got a little cred point, you know, you got a little something. Little, you got I got corrected. There. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> back to MJF. Yes. This is what happens when we take now, weeks off. We're all over the place. Yeah, people. so all that happened. Then we got his pipe bomb speech, which yeah. was awesome, but didn't seem to be working towards anything they should be working towards. Right. And which then he pipe is bombs just have a gone. tendency to do. Yeah, they tend to go off at unexpected moments. Mm-hmm. Um and now he's no longer listed on the roster page. Yeah. And it feels no longer like selling merchandise. Supposedly uh, Warner like a discovery has. Yeah. Yeah. Feels elaborate like elaborate work. work. And if it's an elaborate work, if it's a Cody Rhodes level work, <laughs> there's going to be a lot of angry people, wrestlers, fans, everybody. Yeah. He's off with uh, Cody Rhodes and his fake peck injury uh, plotting to. Uh, That's right. Their, their My takeover. God. The the makeup involved in this peck injury. Right. No, that was gruesome. Yeah. That peck injury was gruesome, by the way. <clears throat> um so I mean I feel like MGF is still just like you know, he's still at the top of the pecking order in a lot of ways because the moment he comes back, he'll be, you know, and, and Jeff Hawkins on the Dynamite show and they were talking about it. 
when um, this interim title thing came up or whatever, he was a big strong guy. He's like, put it on MGF right now. Yeah. If if you're really in good standing with him, you know, where it's like you're you're doing this work or whatever, now's the time to take this hottest, you know, most talked about thing and and put your chapin on there and see if he can be it and see if he can be the guy. Yeah. Because it's built in for Punk to come back. You know? And I wouldn't argue against that. I would I would try it, but who knows? I wouldn't think they would let him yeah. go out there and, and say everything he said without being yeah. confident of what he was going to say. Without some kind of deal in place. And yeah. I feel like they had to know what, what that, what was coming and none of it felt, none of it felt like him hijacking the show to me. It yeah. didn't. Um, but also to Jeff's point, absolutely. And if you're not quite in good enough standing, with MJF, put it on Wardlow. Yeah. Like like Dave, Dave and Brian were talking about um, potentially them doing on Double or Nothing. If MJF hadn't shown mm-hmm. up, put Wardlow in the title match and put the title on him, and just like keep like have that just supercharge that rocket you've got strapped to mm-hmm. his back. Um, Wardlow should be in the top. He should five. be. He's, he's not. not. He was like number one be, for weeks not, when we started. Doing they this. haven't earned it. Yeah. Yeah. And then he wins yep. and he's officially an AEW employee. Mm-hmm. And now <laughs> he does, he's feuding with, 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 he's feuding with a yeah. lawyer. Like right. Literally, not a right. wrestler. No wrestlers. Right. He's going to wrestle 20 security. And there was a way, there was a way to be where they are. Well, other than the class action thing, because that's dumb. But for him to explain. It may. It makes me yeah. smile, but I hate it. But it, it still make makes me smile. smile. And so him, stupid. him, him taking out those twenty guys is going to be a lot of fun. But it's going to yeah. be great. It's going to be phenomenal. But he should be wrestling. Yeah, a wrestler he should be now. the. He should be one of the biggest guys on the show. And I, I think there was something. You know, there was a way to do this in character that they could have gone. You know, with the with the you know the biggest criticisms this week were why weren't the big stars in the battle royal. And why do Hangman? Why is Hangman and Wardlow not getting the opportunity? And yeah, you know, to me, it could have just been, you know, um, Tony Khan could have said, "I picked one guy from the top five, and that's John Moxley." And then I'm doing the battle royal for any for people who are not in the top five because I want to give a crazy opportunity to someone to step up, and that would yeah. have explained the battle royal. They didn't, and do that it. would have explained two. That you know, just just say the, that's all it would have taken. taken, and then Wardlow and Hangman could have reacted their own way, similar to where they want. Yeah, they had their, and I think they had their. Yeah, excuses. and I think Hangman saying, "Well, I'm not getting this shot, but there's a shot I could get," you know, and he kind of did that. Yeah, Wardlow, the whole thing about like downplaying the interim championship and saying that he's not the real champion, yeah. like that's just not good when you're doing an interim title. But and also. Yeah. We have history with CM Punk and yeah, Wardlow. Right. They wrestled and Wardlow had him yes. beat yes. clean. Him being the interim champion would be huge because they could keep replaying that right. clip that he had CM Punk beat clean, yeah. but he but the distraction by MJF kept him right. from winning. I and I think I, Wardlow could have hmm. gone out there. Here's one thing we've established about Wardlow. He's patient. Right. During the MGF shoot, yeah. it's like, you know what? I don't need to go crazy. I don't need to. I'll, I can wait. 
I can wait for my shot because I know I'm going to get yeah. it. If he had come out there and said, you know what? The world title, everyone's out there. That's fine. The world title is going to come. I've got a list. Yeah. When I got a, had a con, when I was waiting to see if I'd get my contract, I had a list. I had a list of things I was going to do. And most of those are avenging losses. So here's, here's who on it's my basically list. Basically his Arya Stark yeah. list. And he could say, I've got punk on my list, but punk you're out in the hospital. I'll wait. That's fine. I'm patient. You know who else is on my list? Scorpio sky. I should be the TV champion, the TNT champion right now. And I'm not because whatever. Yeah. So you're first on my list. And then the world title will come after that. And that would have made him, you know, but again, like you said, it's just quality control. It's that person who's yeah. sitting there sort of being an outsider uh, on the big picture. Yeah. You know, you know um, the, a kind of along the quality control line of mm -hmm. thought. And I'm kind of stealing this from should have been on dynamite, which we're sure. going to get to, but also like, they aired this package on Dynamite that originally had promos yeah. in it. One of the best promos in years by Matt yes. Menard. And they took that yeah. out to air it on TV when that was that the was power. The that was the most powerful thing in that yeah. promo was Matt yep. Menard. And Matt Menard could be on this heat list. Oh, he would be. He's involved in a huge yeah. angle. By the way, he wore that blood better than anybody has since yes. Mid-South on Double yes. or Nothing. And then he cuts one of the best promos in and years. And advances storylines. Up there with MJF. Right. Yes. And they don't right. show We'll go ahead and talk about it. Because <laughs> I had it at the end and I don't want to wait. Yeah. And that should have that should have freaking been that on Dynamite. That promo by Matt Man. Actually, all three. Like Garcia, uh, Angelo. Yeah, they all, all did, did great. great. And you could just see it, you know, the of them feeling like we were just in the biggest match we've ever been in our life. And we're feeling it, right? And that's why they're yeah. cutting it at that time. Yeah. But Matt Menard, the ability to number one, stay in character and do the accent, the the, yeah. the Bears accent, right? Yeah. Still kept it. He kept the the storyline of the match of what it was, right? But also worked in the storyline by pointing to Daniel Garcia and say, Brian Danielson, you went out there and you tried to take our son. <laughs> Brought yeah. back the son. Yeah, our son. And he said, you wanted to take our son away from us. Every interview, you had to mention his name. You wanted him, but you got outplayed by Chris Jericho. And now here we are on top of the world. That storyline, that storyline that was right there the whole time. And he picked up yeah. on it and continued the character that they were before the Jericho Society and brought it into the current feud. And what they should be doing is a match between Brian Danielson and Matt Menard. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. And listen, there's all this talk about people the WWE right. want. If they don't steal Matt Menard, make him no longer a wrestler and rename him right. Butch, <laughs> they're dead to me. They're na they're yeah. dead to me. I mean, come on. My God, he's so great. And, and he, that feud, that current feud involves at least two men in Matt Menard and Eddie mm -hmm. Kingston who should be at the very top of the, at the very top of AEW, yeah. And they still haven't done it with Eddie mm. Kingston. And I don't know why mm. it, it mystifies me why Eddie Kingston hasn't gotten a signature win. He hasn't gotten a belt. He hasn't gotten any of these things that everyone knows he deserves mm. and he needs. 
Maybe it's the sit-ups. Maybe it's the pies. I don't I know. I think they just think he's going to be over know. no matter what, so they don't have to do it. I, th- I think so. And Which is um, a shame. It's one of those things with, where it's like a Chris Statlander thing where people people expect a push to go along yeah. with outstanding yeah. talent. And if you deny that for long enough, it's going to hurt that yeah. wrestler. It, it's going to hurt. And it's going to hurt AEW. It's going to hurt Matt Menard. It's going to hurt AEW. MJF went out there and planted the seeds in that shooty interview of, yeah. of hey, you like the WWE guys better than our own guys. And yeah. and if they don't, if the, if it's if, Ruby if, Soho being Athena being the bigger star, and you know Eddie Kingston having to lose, you know all again and again, and eventually people might turn, and then it'll be bad news. Yes, look, people are seeing Chris Statlander, they're seeing Eddie Kingston, they're seeing these people. If I'm a pro wrestler on this roster mm-hmm. who did not come from WWE, and I'm looking at Eddie Kingston, I'm telling myself. I might never be as good a wrestler as him. I might never be able to cut a promo like him, mm-hmm. ever. I'll never have that mm-hmm. charisma. And he can't get right. a title? He can't even get in a title right. picture? Like, what the hell am mm-hmm. I doing? Like, I might as well go to GCW or something and get mm-hmm. used. And I think there's a real danger in that. At the same time, that, that WWE, even though he is only wrestling one man ever, They've, they've pushed Cody Rhodes to the top. He had the big match that was kind of a slap in the face of CM Punk, I bit, thought, yeah. uh, with with the, the mm-hmm. injury. And I don't know. I think a lot of people that might have been ready to come to AEW might be thinking thinking twice these days. Maybe, maybe. And AEW's not helping their, they're not helping their case at all. Yeah. They don't even have a belt. Okay. <laughs> they don't even have a belt. Listen, when there's 21 belts and you can't put one on Moxley, you can't put one on Statlander, you can't put one on MJF, you can't put one on Wardlow, what the hell is happening, man? What in God's name is (laughs) happening? By the way, our number one man on the hit list, also currently beltless. For a while. But he's got a shot. John Moxley. For a little while. He's the yep. man right now. I mean, he's, that's, he's he the, is. he's, that's, that's, you know, and it's great that, that, you know, he took time off, got his life together, came back better than ever. And, and he's yeah. still the guy, you know, like he never stopped being yeah. the guy who could carry the company from day one that he walked in. And, uh, you know, yeah. At the very beginning, first of all, he was always my favorite guy. In the yeah. Shield. Always. Always. Yeah, me too. Um, he felt like a modern day Roddy Piper mm-hmm. a little bit to me. There's something that reminded me of early Roddy mm-hmm. Piper. Um, but when he came into AEW, like I wasn't completely sold on him for a little while because I felt like he was playing a character that maybe he not maybe wasn't necessarily mm-hmm. him. But over the last year and a half, let's split that. Let's say three years. First year and a half, I wasn't completely mm-hmm. sold. The second uh, year and a half, I'm completely sold. Whatever it was that was that was causing that separation in the character where it felt like he was playing a role that now feels completely mm-hmm. like him. And I now fully believe that's John Moxley. And, uh, yeah, he's way more over with me in the last year than he was in the first yeah. couple. I mean, he's always been one of my favorite guys 
in AEW. I mean, that that moment where he came out the first double or nothing to debut was that was the moment that I was like, oh, AEW is for real. Like attack yeah, Kenny. Like yeah. that was electric. And and, you know, I think it's cool. I, I hope that I hope that this interim if he gets this interim title reign, which I think he will, because Tanahashi's in the G1 and you, you wouldn't think they would put the belt on Tanahashi just to send him away for a month. But, but, uh, you know, I hope this isn't looked at as like another thing, like when he was champion during the pandemic where it was like, well, you, you know, you, yeah, yeah. you carried us through a really tough time when we needed you, you know, but it's like, no, when, yeah. if he, if he gets that belt and holds onto it and then punk comes back, they need to make it feel like, well, well, crap, punk may not even be the rightful champion right now. Cause Moxie's just kicking ass. Yeah. Yeah. And that needs to be yeah. huge. That needs to be Hulk Hogan versus Ultimate yeah. Warrior. Yeah. Like that, those are the two biggest stars in mm-hmm. AEW. Easy. They yeah. are. And that needs to be massive. By the way, I want to I want to insert it number 7 okay. on the heat list. Kyle O'Reilly. Okay. This man was came in to AEW. Yeah. I knew he was a great mm-hmm. wrestler. But since he's been in AEW, he's been nothing to me but vegetables. Yeah, same, same. Boring. But they took him and they gave him these wins that God knows how he got against Ray Phoenix. And who was the next one he beat? Um, oh, I just, uh, uh, I just went blank. I'm yeah. drawing a blank here. He got two. Oh, massive, Darby. Massive Didn't he beat wins. Darby at Double or Nothing? Darby Allen, yeah. And I'm like, how, how, how is this happening? Why is this happening? It made. No sense to me. Um, so in the end, the whole deal with Kyle O'Reilly is even though I was baffled by these wins um, and then the match against Moxley, which we knew he couldn't win, it kind of got him over with me. Like I knew he could wrestle, but this kind of was my reminder. But it's just it was just odd. And I think everybody felt it was odd that, that Kyle O'Reilly went on this huge win streak and I don't think Kyle O'Reilly's mother thought he could be was going to be Moxley. <laughs> no one thought that. No, no, and uh, and and but it's it is kind of the same thing as like when he had that match against Darby at Double or Nothing. You're like, why are we doing this? But at the same yeah. time, it was good. So it's like, it how could good. you really it's complain? Really the Moxley yeah. match was great, um, but at the same time, I was like, why him? Like, why not? Why not Wheeler Yuta and have that great, you know, student trying one more time against the teacher or it made so much sense. Yeah. It made so much sense. Um or Swerve. By the you way, know? Swerve yeah. like healing on everybody. That would have been um, amazing to see Swerve win the whole thing and then go against Moxley. We've had like six weeks of Swerve acting and looking like a superstar. Mm-hmm. And they have done a really good job of making him your average everyday Andrade, just whatever. Mm-hmm. They have crushed my excitement for Swerve Strickland completely. Yeah. Like, I'm not excited when he's on the screen anymore Yeah, because I know nothing's going to happen. With Even though they were a good team, like yeah. he and Lee, they were a good team, but who knows if and that's may, still a may, thing. may still be. We'll yeah. see. Of course, they had a little issue there. Swerve eliminated Keith Lee, which, mm-hmm. by the way, um, you know what? We don't need to run down who else in this match. Everybody saw. Um, I was yeah. like 20 seconds late. I was not 20 seconds. I was like 10 minutes late to the show, and I must have completely missed John Silver. I, I don't think I saw oh, the yeah. match at all. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
there's so many great people in this match and Takeshita, that would have been awesome if he had yeah, gone through would have been and won. Awesome. There's so many. And and the fact that it was Kyle O'Reilly, like yeah. it's just so weird. I mean Keith Lee would have been great. Just, there's so yeah. many people. Yeah. Tony Khan must love Kyle O'Reilly. I guess his so. very strange abdomen. I <laughs> not to call the man out, he's got a strange abdomen. Yeah. Um to me. <laughs> uh I wanted to call it a thorax. But I didn't. Yeah. Okay. So we've got the All Atlantic Championship. Yep. We got Pac. We got Miro, Ethan Page, Malachi, Black Penta, um, and then two New Japan people. And who knows when that's going to happen? Because it didn't happen yeah. on Dominion. No. Um, and it's kind of you know like it's kind of weird that like every country gets one person, but Japan gets two, even though they're not yeah. even in Atlantic. None country. of this feels like. This feels like something. Tony Khan, Tony Khan has already said he has a lot of belts in his office. He's yeah. had a lot of belts made. He's got the trios belts. He's like, we, I got belts you don't even know about. Yeah. Which was this belt. Right. And I feel like he threw this together in like five minutes. I don't know why. Yeah. Maybe because yeah. of punk. Who knows? He threw this together quick. <clears throat> real well, but quick. The belt was made, so it had to be designed. And, you know, it's like. I mean, but he's he just sit there and doodle belts months. on his notebook while he's like in, in, uh, you know, Fulham planning meetings or something. Yeah. He's just sitting there doodling awesome. out belts. For all the shit I'm giving Tony Khan, I will say I would have a million belts pre-made as well. I'd have ridiculous <laughs> belts. Like I would, you know, if I'm a, you, you know that he's got like a, like a, just a Tony Khan, like his own belt somewhere. Oh, absolutely. You know, he he wears that a belt thing for himself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He brushes his teeth at night. Then yeah. he puts on the belt and he cr- crawls in his bed yeah. under his transformers blanket. Right. Which I, I wish I still had my Transformers blanket, to be honest. Yeah. Um, Marina Shafir feels like yeah. she should be a big deal. Isn't. And Isn't. I think it is not her fault. I think it is the fault of the way she's being handled. As in, yeah. she she's brought in in this like big match a mm-hmm. few months ago. Mm-hmm. Then we don't see her since after she loses it. Right. And then we, we still see her for months. And then all of a sudden... It's supposed to be a big deal when she comes into comes in here. We never see her. We've seen her once. Right. And she lost. Mm-hmm. Why the hell do we care about her challenging Thunder Rosa? Yes, she looks cool. Yes, mm-hmm. she's a good wrestler. Yes, her name is cool. It's all freaking cool. But they've established she's not important. Yeah. Just like they're establishing Swerve isn't important. And she has a. She just has sort of an odd style that's like hard to follow in a way. It's just very real in a way, you yeah. know, that's yeah. like, um, and I'm sure it's from her MMA background, but it's like, you know, it's, it's not, I, you know, I've seen her in blood sport matches that are awesome. Yeah. Uh, and it would be cool if we still figured out a way to see a little, I don't know if the people working with her know how to quite get her. Yeah. Doing what she's I'm doing. I'm wondering if she needs a manager or what. Yeah. But I thought we, she would have been great know, like, with Serena D, like as her yeah. muscle. Yeah. You no. Know. We both know she's better than this, though. Oh, yeah. She is better than this. Yeah. Yeah. But hey, Thunder Rose is getting to defend the title on TV. That's what she's been wanting. That's good. I yeah, guess. That'll be good. And like, it'll be a really good match, I think. Yeah. Um. Let's see. What else did we have? Um, Satnam Singh. Yeah, we debuted. did. 
we uh, it was blinking and blinking you miss it but and i you know. and again man I'm, I'm complaining too much i wish it would have been against this somebody season. like jd yeah. like jd drake or somebody which yeah i don't know we it's against nobodies there was a yeah. murder it was great yeah um Dan Housen and Hook bought cars. Yeah, like little that ATV was, cars. Yep. And now, of course, we're going into, I don't know if it's a good idea or not, but that cold-hearted, handsome devil mm-hmm. is such a cold-hearted, handsome devil. Mm-hmm. Even the AEW talent, the interviewers, are are, are smitten. They're smitten yes. by it. Yes, uh, you caught that too. Yeah, he kind of yeah. gave a little wink, yeah. a little, little Lothario action to... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, yep. he could be like DDP's uh, son-in-law or something. I kind of wish, like, he had the nicer golf cart. He did. I wish, I wish Danhausen was in like a child's golf cart, <laughs> like a like a, a Tonka type thing, right? With you know, with a battery. Yeah. But um, I still enjoyed that. I I enjoy Danhausen the same way I enjoy Yano. I, I yeah. love them both. Um, that's the that's a forbidden door match. My God, that is the most forbidden door. God only knows what would happen in that. Chris Statlander, um, good match with Red Velvet. Um, Trent got the pin in the Will Osprey match. That was a surprise. That, that might surprise. be the first first pin he's gotten since he returned. Yeah, first that's victory. And look, we both like Trent, but like I love that's, Trent. That's but that's that you know. You put him in the ring with Will, and he did not pin Will Osprey, but still, no, he didn't. You're, you're. He got he brought, he brought down more. He brought Will Osprey down more than Will Osprey built him up. Yeah, in that yeah. match, you know. Yeah, and God left Trent. I mean, I left Trent, but yeah. man, that's that's mid. <laughs> as as the kids say, as the kids say, yeah. All right, so. <clears throat> this week on Dynamite, mm-hmm. we've got the 20 on one class action handicap elimination match. <laughs> Which, with, by the way, featuring the plaintiffs versus Wardlow. Yeah. I wonder if Tony just has a rib now where he's trying to put as many words into match descriptions as he can. I was just thinking, like, this is a, such a long match description. Yeah. So we had it, we, because we had a, we had a, Interim AEW World Championship Casino Battle Royal Eliminator match this week. That's a lot of words. I like that. I like that they do the Casino Battle Royal with the Joker. Yeah. Did we really need that to be a part? It couldn't just been a Battle Royal. Couldn't have just been yeah. a Battle Royal. Yeah. I don't know. But also they've established a tournament for the for the All Atlantic Belt. Right. But a Which Battle Royal really for tournament. the World Championship. Which isn't really even a tournament. It's just like four matches to get into a four-way. Yeah. Oh my god, that's true. <laughs> oh my god. So now we've got we've got the we have an All Atlantic Championship qualifying match. Ethan Page with Miro. I that wonder who's going to win that. Yeah, I, I know. wonder who's going to win. That. I bet it'll be fun though. It'll be fun. Um, yeah. Also, it'll be nice for Ethan Page to get a chance to kind of shine here. On yeah, home. he had a great promo. Uh, yeah, he did. Yeah. Ethan Page, and we've said it before on here, I feel like at some point WWE is going to steal him and yeah. he'll like kind of shine over there. Yeah, I believe. I yeah. feel like he'll, I, I think WWE may be better for him. 
I do too. I do too. Yeah, absolutely. Let's see. Young Bucks versus the Hardys versus the Jurassic Express. Yeah. Of course, what everybody wanted more was to see more men with no 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 discernible knees. Yeah. In title matches. <sighs> this um, is, yeah, I'm not. I'm I, little, I, it'll be yeah. My hating right now on Jurassic Express has nothing to do with Jurassic Express. Mm -hmm. It has to do with the fact they are not wrestling anybody I care about other than Keith Lee, Swerve, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, Hobbs, and Starks, which really basically won one match. Other than that, they're not wrestling anybody I care about. No, they have the deepest tag team roster maybe in history. Yeah. And the and the world championship scene is not that exciting. It's, it's it's meaningless. Like right now, the only title that seems important, considering, and of course not including the AEW title, but that is on the shelf at the moment. Right. Jade. Jade's yeah. title is the only one that seems important right now You're at absolutely all. Absolutely right. I almost the put her on the title even important. though she didn't do anything because yeah, she, she just, on she, she radiate. I mean, she's a freaking star. Yeah. And and putting Stokely oh, Hathaway Whitley. with her, and right. uh, the baddies have actually been a really good addition. Like she's just got a whole act now. Yeah, and she's come so far. Yeah, in six months is crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, she's the biggest star right now. And and to me, she is a bigger star with the TNT belt than Thunder Rose is with the world title. Yeah, and I, I think love Thunder, Thunder Rosa knows it. <laughs> I think Thunder Rosa does know it. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, she's been a little unhappy. There's, yeah. there's been a lot of unhappy people lately yeah, coming out of AEW. It's frustrating. I don't. Sh- you know, what Tony Khan needs to do, he's got to make some belts for these people. He's got to make true. more belts. You're right. You're right. Thunder Rosa needs a second one. Yeah. Um, nothing really for, oh, hair versus hair match between the wizard yes. and Ortiz. Yes. Um, Is Ortiz an odd choice for that? Really odd like, Of all the people, I mean, it feels like it would be like a, a saying like, you know, Eddie Kingston and Angelo Parker would be, yeah. you know, is the blood feud. It's kind of an odd. Yeah. You know, I mean, Clearly, like, uh, Ortiz is great and I think it's cool. He's getting an opportunity, yeah. but it's like Santana was yeah. the guy who was really going head to head with Jericho before he got relegated to being the sidekick of the sidekick. Yeah. Uh, in the feud. But it's. It's just like so many other things right now. It's just weird. Yeah. It's a weird choice. Just like Kyle O'Reilly was a weird choice. Right. And Wardlow versus the plaintiffs is a weird choice. <clears throat> There's yeah. so much weirdness going on right now in AEW. And gotta, I, I, I'm going to start got? calling out White Claw booking. Yeah. Because I think it's, oh this is all the White Claws talking. It's got to be. I'm wondering if Tony Khan has slept since Double or Nothing. Like that might be the whole thing. <laughs> I think he that actually had a lot to do with it. I think whatever was going on with MGF, whether it was an elaborate, yeah. an elaborate ruse that he stayed up all night working out with MGF, or it really was a horrible situation that had to get resolved. Um, By the way, yeah. something came out during Double or Nothing weekend that surprised me. Was that because I? Number one, I was assuming. Uh, he was on that MJF was on his original contract mm. and there's been some talks about some of these early AEW contracts. Mm-hmm. I can't remember who it was, but somebody roughly of the stature of MJF when he entered AEW mm-hmm. 
their first AW contract was between forty and seventy thousand dollars. I read that this week, mm-hmm. and I thought, man, he should be making more than that. Yeah. Um, but then it turns out, no, he's on his second contract. They already fixed his contract once, apparently at the beginning of this year. Yeah. Which makes you so wonder. To have a problem with mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. A second contract that he didn't have. They didn't have to give him. Yeah. Way bigger asshole. And it makes me wonder how much of the MJF asshole gimmick is a gimmick. Yeah. And how much, how much is he actually an asshole and really enjoys people thinking it's a gimmick? That's a really good question. I don't know. He's always so in character. The people who do really know, know him are pretty tight lived, but you know, yeah, for real. I don't know though. At the same time, like, let's say if he was making 70,000 when he started, like, you know, yeah. whatever. Right. He should have been making 10 times that at least. Yeah. Yeah. Then let's say they said, great, we're going to 10 exit. You're making $700,000 yeah. a year. Uh, then he finds out CM Punk's making 3 million. Yeah. And he's, I think rightly would say I am as valuable that makes as Punk right now. Yeah. And he is That's still like you could 10 X his salary and it still be less than a third of what he should be making. You know? No, absolutely. That, no, that's a real issue. And if I that, were thing, right yeah. now gun to my head, if I had to do a draft and I had the number one pick for my wrestling company that I'm starting, mm-hmm. I pick MJF over CM Punk cause he's valuable for the future. I would too. Because the guy's like 23 years old, 25 years old. He's the guy who's going to get written up in entertainment articles. You know, for all the talk of the next this, the next that, there's nobody to me more similar to Ric Flair than MJF. Yeah. He's a great technical wrestler, and he is really good. He is really good, yeah. And he's the greatest promo in the business. Mm -hmm. And he's the guy that is always going to screw you out of the title. Mm-hmm. Like Ric Flair used to get himself thrown over the top rope mm-hmm. so he wouldn't lose his belt. He'd lose the match, not lose the belt. And that's one of the things that like he kind of even talked about in his little pipe bomb adventure yeah. that, you know, that he was like, <laughs> oh, the guy, you know, all you guys who say I'm not that great in the ring. I am, you know, he is. And, and there may be a part where he's there's a part of him saying, I don't want to be Roddy Piper. I want to be Ric Flair. You know, I yeah. want to be, I want to, I want to carry the company. I want to have great matches and I want to be the guy that no one could yeah. beat. And, and I think there's a little bit of the truth to him saying like, and I don't have to bounce someone off their head or, you know, bang myself on a ladder to do it. Yeah. Listen, you know, MJF earlier, I basically intimated that you're a real asshole, but I'll say <laughs> this, you are better today than Roddy Piper ever was. And I understand I'm calling out everybody in the Pacific Northwest, but I stand by that. MJF is awesome. Yeah. MJF's freaking awesome. He is. At 20 whatever years old. Yeah, 26. Yeah. He's he's phenomenal. And like gold. The thing is, I feel like this feels like a topic that we should have this big, intelligent conversation about, Mm -hmm. but there is nothing to talk about. There is. We have no clue what the hell is going on. None. It like to me, I could reason out why I thought Cody Rhodes, why I thought that was a work. Yeah. And my reasons made sense, even though I was wrong. Right. 
there's nothing to reason out here. None of this makes any sense. I have no clue what's going on. Yeah, that was one of the things. I So being out there and like we talked about getting to see people like see the story breaking and see some of the smartest and most well-informed people in the business try to figure it out. Right. Really intelligent people that I've heard about for years. Right. And hearing everything from, wow, you know, he's he's really walking out or to, oh, I think this is all a prank by WWE. They bought a plane ticket just to mess with people, you know. Yeah. All kinds of stuff. Right. And then meanwhile, uh, Paul and I talked about it on when I guessed on the Dynamite show real quickly. There was a, a, a female performer there. Um, who had just wrestled an indie show that day. He was, he was there for dinner and she, the entire time was watching everyone scurry around and text and get on the phone and talk about what's happening, all this kind of stuff. And she just goes, guys, it's a work. <laughs> it's a work. She goes, you know, pro wrestling is fake, right? And we're like, yeah, you know, and, and, and I mean, one of the things some people, people the wrong way, but she was like, yeah. You know, and I walked out of that thinking, okay, well, one thing I've always heard is every worker thinks everything's a work. So she probably yeah. thinks everything's a work, you know? And you also hear if it's on TV, it's a work. Right. And he may, and he was the exact yeah. same slot he was going to be in. Right. Then he's on TV. We, everyone, everyone, yeah. Dave, Brian, yeah. MGF is going to be out potentially months. Right. After the 10 power bombs. Yeah. And he's there on Wednesday. He's there on, on Wednesday. TV and cutting the promo of his life. And which is saying something. And then by the time that next week comes around, Brian, who to his credit was pretty consistent about saying, like, mm, this smells fishy to me. Now they're all kind of like, well, it looks like they're trying to work everybody. And yeah. what I learned from that is if the smartest people in the business can't figure this out as it's going on, maybe I should stop trying to figure out. Yeah. And should just kind of wait. Yeah, not even. I don't need to, to decide. I don't need to decide. I just we'll need to know when we know. Yeah, but it's such a distraction considering the story coming out of this should have been Wardlow's victory. Absolutely, and and I think that's that's hurt him it, not yeah. a lot because he's yeah. great. But some and this this match is going to be fun with the plaintiffs. Yeah, but he can get back on it, track. But you're going from MJF to a lawyer. Come yeah. on now. Yeah. All right. Now let's talk about we've got some matches finally for the Forbidden Door. Let's go through them. Let's go. Uh, so, yeah, Moxie versus Tanahashi is the only one that's locked in for the that Interim World know. title. Yeah. Yeah. That should be good. All... Do you think it's going to be Jay White versus Hangman or do you think no belt Okada versus Hangman? What I would love to see is no belt Okada versus Hangman and Jay White yeah. versus Adam Cole. But oh my God, that would be great. The I, I know you haven't gotten to it yet, but the uh, post match promo uh, after Jay White won the IWGP when when he's doing the press conference uh, backstage, yeah, basically was an all AEW promo. It was an all for really? Door promo. He called out Hangman. He called yeah. out Moxley. He called out Omega. He called out Britt Baker. Like, I'd like to see he, any of these matches. He, <laughs> he, any of them. He basically framed the story as Jay White is such a force in New Japan that all of you had to leave and go start a company to find success because you couldn't do it as long as I'm around. And that's great. Oh, that's and, great. And everybody from John Moxley to Britt Baker should be getting down on their knees and thanking Jay White 
for leading to the creation of AEW. And I was like, okay, that's it. No. And it won't. No. No. Well, number one, he dropped a ton of F-bombs, but, but yeah, no, it won't. And it, and it just like that Matt Menard promo where it was like telling the entire story of furthering the story of why 2.0 is with Chris Jericho and why they hate Brian Danielson so much for trying to break them up. Like this and is such a way, great story leading up to why forbidden door is happening. And yeah. it, it, that story probably won't get told. No. And by the way, that Matt Menard promo goes a long way towards explaining the fact that, yeah, Daniel Garcia was on Brian Danielson's yeah. lips. Right. And then didn't get taken. And that yeah. was very confusing to fans. Right. And now they're never going to hear this thing that kind of closes that hole in their storytelling. Right. Right. They were given it like a gift on a silver yeah. platter from Matt yep. Menard. Yep. Oh, my God. Yeah. So Jay, Jay did point out, you know, that um, he's like 2-0 and against Hangman. So they do seem kind of to lead like that Hangman's still okay. the guy in the title picture. And it's nowhere near as exciting to me as it is with Okada, but I'm sure it'll no. still be a great match. Um, so, yeah, we don't FTR. know. We don't know. FTR versus, we think, Rapongi Vice and then Kabano Khan, hopefully, for the IWGP tag titles. And I'm that would be a it's really good. Collection. Yeah. That'd be a really good three way match. It'd be a shame um, if it was like FTR beating like Trent yeah. to win the titles or something. But yeah. Hey, if FTR wins the IWGP titles and has, I mean, I'm all for this being the year of FTR. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I think that's great. And then uh, and we're thinking never, Danielson never, versus Zach is a wish list match i think so that's a dream point. that's yeah. a dream but i mean it, this is the time it could happen and this is why aw has such a burden on them to do this right right because if it's all these matches with you yeah. know ftr ftr right. versus cobb and okan great yeah and rapungi vice even though they're yeah, yeah. yeah it, it kind of takes a little away if you mm-hmm. keep throwing in the but they've only got to have AW like people. They've only got to have like two or three legit dream matches, like two, yeah. you know. And they're not, you know. And Moxie versus Tosh is great, yeah. But it's not. But it's, it's not, not dream punk. match. No. Jay White versus Okada would have been that. Jay White yeah. versus Hangman. So it's great, but okay. Or Hangman versus Okada. Right. You mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if they do where this is going, and they still put Danielson versus Zack Saber Jr. on there. That'll yeah. go a long way to making it up. Look, I, I'll tell you this right now. Which at this point makes me think they're not going to do it. <laughs> right. I'm not excited for Forbidden Door today. Yeah. Like Sunday night when we're recording this, not excited. When it happens, I'm going to be so excited. I'm going to be so excited. Yeah. Well, you know, Jeremy, um, so uh, um, Fight Game, we've been, there's a new uh, New Japan show. Mm-hmm. Just talking about New Japan. We should get together and talk about it with them. Maybe they can hype us up. Maybe so. Maybe so. And listen, if we get Yano Danhausen, yes, I'll pay a hundred. That's the other one. Yeah, that's street. I'll pay a hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know what? There's your buy-in right there. There's right. your buy-in. Yeah. Although that might drive people away. I don't know. It'll drive Dave Meltzer away. That I know. <laughs> Bring me deeper yeah. into the fold. Uh-huh. Okay. So. We've got Blood and Guts. We've got the announcement for that. June 29th, Detroit, Michigan. Um, we kind of have a main event for that. We mm-hmm. know who it's going to be. Um, the Jericho Appreciation Society 
versus uh, Blackpool Combat Club at all with Eddie Kingston. Mm-hmm. Um, that'll be that'll be really good. It should be really good. Let's yeah. hope uh, Chris doesn't get thrown off the top this time. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do. Again, like I like Stadium Stampede, but I was like, really, we're we're doing the same team twice mm-hmm. in that. Right. And just like with war games, I'm like, really? Like Jericho again? Like, I'd like to see some other people. Mm-hmm. But this is going to be a good war games. I mean, it's got Eddie Kingston and John Moxley. It's going to be a great war game. Yeah. Uh, great. I'm sorry. Blood and Guts. My right. bad. Right. Those Whoops. are totally different matches. Completely and different concepts. Completely different concepts. Exactly. Much like. No, I don't need to say that. I was <laughs> fired from my job. Um much like our new show at Reels on Patrol Live, yes. which is a working title, is a totally different show from its predecessor um, by Dan Abrams, Live PD. Totally yeah. different shows. Totally different show. Totally. Um, okay. Should have been on Dynamite. We covered mine, which is Matt Menard. Yeah. Freaking Matt Menard should have been on Dynamite with that promo. Right. And they they should be the, showing that every the, week. They did the clip and they took the promo out. Yeah. They took the best part out. Ugh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What do you have? Uh, we already talked about the Jay White post promo win, but yeah, mm-hmm. the the other one is the uh, this was a few weeks old, but it's still worth checking out if you haven't seen it. This uh, Complex Magazine. Did you see this? I didn't know this happened. I had okay, no yeah. clue. Go. Like I've, go yeah. I'm, go check I'm missing out. things because of my new job. Like it's. Yeah. Missing, well. Yeah. This was like literally. I hate that like, I missed this. This was like moving week. So Complex yeah. Magazine did a video with Jade Cargill. It was basically a day, uh, just a day in her life on Dynamite Day. Right. And they start out with her training in the ring with Brian Danielson. So you get to see footage of her training with Brian Danielson, uh, him teaching her to do a few things. Then they follow her to, like, talk with Dustin, uh, right. you know, uh, do I'm some get, stuff I'm, with Dustin Rhodes. I'm, as you can hear, Puppet Up is Puppet wrapping, wrapping us up, us up right yeah. now. Yeah. Yep. There's, and listen, I'm sorry, everybody. There's nothing I can do about that. That's all right. Um, I'm going to pause myself while you keep talking. Okay. I mean, I'm going to so, mute myself. All right. So if you haven't seen this promo, I mean, uh, sorry, this video, it's, it's you know, it's a full-length piece. It's, it breathes. They really kind of let you get to know Jade, um, and she comes off really well. And the host who's doing it is like game to like, you know, yeah. try to cut a promo on Jade and things like that. And they do like hair and makeup and different things. And it's kind of a cool behind the scenes kind of things yeah. you would have seen on the good parts of Roads to the Top. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, Jade just comes off really well. And like we said, she just comes yeah. off as a star. And this is the kind of thing that like people like her are going to be really good um, and then plus, if you're just really interested in seeing Brian Johnson training someone, yes. um, it's really cool. I really he's, am. he's showing her how to like do that elbow stomp that like Shane, Shayna Baszler oh, used to do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and she's, she doesn't want to do it, but, <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's really cool. It's, it's definitely worth checking out if you're interested in some of the behind the scenes stuff. You know, one of the, one of the things that is the most worrisome, I think for AEW fans, is not just MJF, but Jade is how like AEW could be creating all these stars, yeah, just to lose to just to lose to WWE, yeah, because they clearly don't have a problem. Like they they signed Jade Cargill for three million dollars a year in 2024. They just have to fire three or four nobodies, 
Yeah. They've made up that money right. where it'd be a big deal for AEW to commit that level of money to mm-hmm. Jade Cargill. Mm-hmm. Um, so this new TV contract is going to be a big deal when it happens to make sure they can compete for mm-hmm. people like that. Because we all know Kevin Owens, I think, kind of went for around $3 million. Yeah, and that was out of AEW's price range. They weren't right. going to go there, right? You know, except for a Punk or a Danielson, mm-hmm. which I'm assuming maybe they're making close to that. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But that's it. Worries me, man, because yeah, Jade is a star. Jade is Jade has the potential to be the biggest woman in the history of professional wrestling. I, really I think does. you're right. I think it's true. Yeah, she does. Yeah. Like she I, absolutely does. I, She's, by the way. Here's this is not AEW connected. What is the latest? I've not been following news that closely this last week or two. What's the latest on Sasha? And um I've heard anything. And her tag team partner whose name escapes Naomi. me has the Yeah, Naomi. There hasn't been anything um, that I've heard, but I'll I also don't super closely follow WWE, yeah. but I haven't heard anything. We've, we've just got a lot of major stars in major companies just like on the bench for like, and God knows what's happening with them between those Mm -hmm. two and MJF. Mm -hmm. It's going to be really interesting. Um, and of course, since Cody is still, you know, we know he's actually still signed to AEW. Everybody knows that, you know, the, the smart ones out. (laughs) I know the ones that follow the, follow the evidence. This is the Um, clever part where he, he faked the injury to go into seclusion to plot his takeover. That's exactly uh, right. I, yeah. I assumed he got was himself be, to be uh, made up to be the next biggest thing and then went on the shelf for six months to undermine it. Like, it's brilliant. Yeah. I assumed he was going to be the Joker in the in the battle royal for the interim title. I assumed. Oh, yeah. Smart no, that's to way too Tony, short. He's playing the long game. Smart of Tony to hold him out. Yeah, no, Tony, they're, they're telling a three-year story here at least. That's exactly right. And in three years, Cody Rhodes probably will put back somehow. <laughs> and he probably oh, will talk God. about how it's one long storyline. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I still I still think Sammy Guevara should be the Spanish nightmare and he should get a dog and call it like a tiny little nothing like Chihuahua. Yeah. And call it Pharaoh. That's where yeah. I would. That's where I would go. Yeah. Um, or Farah, like Farah, like Farah. Awesome. Yeah. Farah. There you go. By the way, congratulations. He and uh, Ty Conti are engaged to be married. Yeah. I Listen, I would... I think I put this as my favorite Sam Guevara engagement of the last 18 months. <laughs> it's in the top it's, two, at least. It's, it's definitely top two. It's for mm-hmm. sure top two. This one, I think, was done in Paris in front of the Eiffel mm-hmm. Tower <clears throat> instead yep. of at dark elevation. Right. So maybe a little bit of a step up. Mm-hmm. Um, so good for Sammy, good for Ty. They're going to make beautiful babies. They are. Um, they are. And I think that wraps us up for another episode of The Boom. Um, from me, from Kevin Ely, from everybody here at Fight Game Media. Go check out FightGameMedia.com, by the way. Uh, hope everybody has a great week, and we'll see you back here next Monday. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is the story of the one. 
As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.